Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and I want to say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Learning Center, a subsidiary of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a nonprofit organization where we are devoted to supporting mental health awareness and providing resources for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with a team of amazing people to help bring healing to children and their families around the world. You can find out all of our information at elfempowers.org, and you can find the link to the, in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest, Seppi Tabai. Seppi is a trauma-informed life coach meditation guide, Reiki master, and integrated hypnosis practitioner. Hi, Seppi. Hello. Nice to see you, Mara. I'm wonderful to be here with you, sharing this space together. It's such an honor, it's such an honor to be with you, and especially um, we've had some profound healing sessions together. Now, I wasn't sure what was gonna go, we were going to go in with, and um, just beautiful things came out of, with, of that, and we could share about that later. Um, yeah. So you have all these beautiful um, titles behind your name, and I'd love to know why did you get into each of them um, and how they have helped you and how they help your clients? Well, that's a really good question. I probably should write a book about how I got into all of that, but just to be short and brief for this session is um, my curiosity about myself got me um, where I am now, basically, with all of these modalities that I learned to work with. And, um, you know, I, I, I moved from um, my country of origin, from Iran, uh, when I was 23 years old, I went through marriage and divorce and raising children. And um, I have always been curious about life and how I do life, but I never like I, I, I was detached from a part of it in general. Like I was like not knowing where I'm making my decisions from, why I my marriage ended in divorce or the things that happened to me. It's like I was like very curious to find out about how what is what is the force behind all of these and um, like the logical mind sometimes thinks, oh, I should have done this and why I didn't do that. So I um, found myself in a meditation center and um, sitting on the cushion days after days, <laughs> months after months, trying to learn about my own mind and um, how my mind works. And coming to the present moment, looking from the present moment to the decisions to the choices that I have made. I learned so much about myself. I learned that um, 
a lot of decisions that that I have made, it's based on um, past issues, based on um, fear, based on anxiety, based on, you know, a lot of different things that is not truly me. And so I was like, oh, so what's underneath all of this? Who is me? <laughs> so dropping all of um, those patterns, you know, that brought up the decisions that I have made. So one of the things, one of the biggest thing was meditation. And that's why I stayed with that for years. And I, I got introduced to meditation when I was 19. And I just have stayed curious with it for so many years and started delving more deeper into Buddhism, Buddhist psychology, and looking at myself from that aspect. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's so much when we allow ourselves to just sit, to just sit and be with our own breath, be with our own bodies, and just be here in this present moment. You notice a lot of our conversation is, 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 is on our mind. It's not here, really. It's not happening. Like when I am, uh, you know, having this conversation with you, is there another voice in the background talking? It's like, are you talking too fast? Are you talking too slow? You better slow down. Catch your breath. Like there is, there is all these conversation that goes on that is not here, but it is made up from all the previous moments of that made me arrive here. Like I'm like, oh, my throat is a little dry. I'm noticing that. But do, when you notice that, you're all, all aware of that. It's when you are in this present moment. But the monkey mind likes to go on, you know, create stories after stories. And then you suddenly find yourself, you're always on the, what if I said this? Or maybe I should have said that. You know, we, we go back and forth between these dualities that we create for ourselves. But then when you come to the present moment, it's like, oh, I'm just having this beautiful conversation with this with beautiful Mara, you know, and I am here and, and we're enjoying this conversation together. So that was one part of it. But I also felt like there is something stuck in the past that I need to look at it. And I got introduced to the work that in U.S. is called identity development um, and in Europe it's uh, it's called IOPT, Identity Oriented Psychotrauma Therapy. It's a long word, <laughs> but basically what it is, is getting in touch with those parts of us that uh, had experienced trauma at some point in the past and just remained stuck in the past. And now you have an opportunity, an open window to sit with those parts of you and just feel them and just say, you know, hello, you know, I'm here, I see you. And the traumatized parts, you know, I don't know how much you want me to get into that, but then just expanding a little bit about trauma, because sometimes people are like, okay, we don't, we don't want to talk about trauma. It's like, we don't want to rehash those. And it's like, no, it's not, it's not something really big or bad. Sometimes it could be, um, we, we fell, you know, and scratch our knees and our parents were like, like girls in there was, oh, we told you, you need to pay attention. Why didn't you look in front of you? And they're like, oh, you're just frozen. It's like, all you needed was somebody to say, oh, honey, I, I see you. you must be hurt. And we didn't receive that. So anytime we're like stepping into moments that could recreate that, we feel like, oh, am I doing something bad? Is this wrong? 
So it's like simple, small thing that our body, you know, with our psyche kind of creates the moment that it's like, gets frozen and I'm going to create a shell. It's like, I don't want to feel this pain because it was so painful. Not only I scratched my knee, I also got felt punished by my parents that I did something bad. So I'm a bad person. So I'm like, I'm going to protect myself. I'm not, I'm going to try to really look and really pay attention. So I'm not going to fall again. And I'm not going to recreate that because that moment is so beyond painful for like a five-year-old, you know? So when we, do these type of work uh, I, I let's call it the id work um simple and we have a moment to go and make a connection with the five-year-old because what happens in the moment of trauma all the uh, all that what that five-year-old needed was to be seen to felt uh loved and protected nothing else like the trauma in its own is just like, oh, it scratched the knee, right? But because she didn't feel that moment of connection and feeling protected and loved, she had to develop like this survival strategy. So now a part is frozen in time. Now a part is like going in survival more mode. And the real part is like somewhere in the background doing the doing all the things that we do. So when we do the ID work, we go and get in touch with that traumatized part. And I, and in the present moment, this is again part of like a meditation, the present moment, we get to get in touch with that five-year-old parts of us. And we see our five-year-old. We feel the connection with that five-year-old. So that five-year-old feels protected, loved, and seen. Now that survival strategy can relax a little bit. We don't have to always go in the survival mode trying to survive because that scenario happened and it's just done. You know, it's just not repeating. But anything that is similar to that can trigger that part of us. Um, does that? Yeah, yeah. That, that's beautiful. And I love how you say um, when you're traumatized from a trauma, the trauma doesn't have to be like physical or sexual abuse. It could just be something mm -hmm. as, as easy as falling and scraping your knee and yeah. getting the um, love and acceptance and that you deserve and kind of like reparenting your inner child. Does that sound right? It, it is. It is some some sort of it could be reparenting. It could be connecting with yourself. It's just. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times that's like the stories in our head. We're like always interested in outside. Let me do this. Let me make sure taking care of this person and that person. Let me go see this and that. We're not, we don't take a lot of time to go inward, you know, because we're just we, like the, the design of our life is just, we're all so busy taking care of other things in our life, um, taking moments to just pause and be with ourselves and connect with ourselves and taking care of the young parts of us that weren't cared for the way they needed to be cared. We could have been like cared for, cared for, like there are great parents out there take care of their kids. But it's like in that moment that we needed that care and love, it wasn't there the way we needed it. So now we have a time to go, oh, I see you, you know, and I'm here and just you can you know, relax in this moment. I, I give you, and I talk a lot, but I give you an example about like when I was thinking about this podcast, um, because I have done this work, uh, you know, for some time now, 
I, um, I recognize these parts of me that comes into play. So I was like, looking at what this podcast may be. And I like, suddenly I had this image of this young part of me, maybe it was in early teen years and, and she was in high school or, or I think it was in middle school, this image that came that I was like, I had to go to the podium and, and I had to give this talk in front of the whole school. And I just don't know how they chose me. And I remember like I froze in the middle of it. So, and I had that vision. And then I had suddenly the other vision of this survival part of me, this taking notes and I'm going to take care of you. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, these two are in play. Who's going to play for the podcast? I don't want this 11 year old to come forward. I don't want this 20 some year old to come forward. I want the 53 year old to be here and just do the podcast. So it, there's that gap in between these two that I had to connect with. And I was like, okay, I see you. You're scared. Okay, I see you. You want to take care of me, but let's just be here. Let's just see how it goes and we'll work things out. We, you know, we have arrived here and there's a reason we're here. Let's work with this together. So the almost these parts of us need acknowledgement. I'm like, I see you guys, you're in the background, you're trying to save you know play it safe but it is safe you know we don't have to play it safe it's safe i think that's big knowing that someone you know to really feel safe and protected mm-hmm. is profound so is it enough for someone well first of all can people always can they always go back to see where a past trauma traumatic experiences or is that something that you can guide them to do to really help um see what's coming up and what they get to heal so it's what shows up you know in in any session that i you know do with the client usually the client that comes in it's there's something that they're working with in today. Like they have a relationship issue or they have some sort of anxiety. When we start working with that, 99% of the time, we notice that it's not happened yesterday. This dynamic of a relationship that they're working on or this internal anxiety they're dealing with when they show up at work, it didn't happen yesterday, it didn't happen last week. It comes from somewhere in the past. So that gives us a moment and opportunity to go and look at it and say, oh, let's see what's up here. You know, what's happening here? You know, when was the first time you noticed this? And then suddenly, like, things start unraveling. And it's like, oh, you know, I see a young part is is acting up. And then we work with that and see what is it that is here to communicate? You know, it's what is it that 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 part of you wants you to hear or see or, or what's the, what are they scared of? You know, it's just, let's work with that. That is amazing. Um, and so, well, let me start with, you were saying when you meditated, did you literally just sit there with unguided meditation day in and day out? So that's a good question. I have done varieties of meditation. Um, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the meditation I have done and I've worked with it for years is the Shamatha Vipassana meditation, which is the practice. I know it's a Buddhist word. It's like, okay. What? <laughs> yeah. So let's just work. It's sitting with your breath. 
okay. sitting and witnessing, you're feeling the feeling of your body breathing. So the thought always comes up, you notice them, you know, but you don't have to really fully engage with them. Notice them. You know, sometimes we observe the thought. Let's see where that, 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 that thought goes. But what is here that is always available to us? Breath. Mm. To the moment that we die, something that is always here with us is our body breathing. We have that. So something we can always anchor to is like, if you feel anxious suddenly, if there's something suddenly, some, something coming up that you don't feel like you have a solution right away for it, how can you connect with yourself? And it's just, ah, I'm breathing. Yeah, I'm alive. This, there's aliveness in us. There's this breathing with us. So sitting with the breath was a big part of my meditation. Um, and it's still to this day, I have, I put, I have sometimes like a one breath um meditation it's like okay I, i'm like suddenly feeling anxious and i'm like where's my breath feel it in my body where is it what does it feel how does it feel uh does it you know is there is a specific part of my body that is calling for my attention with that breath i go there and i just check in with that part of me and it's just it could be one or two breaths. We don't have to always look at meditation. Oh, we have to sit for hours. It's good to have a practice. It's good to learn how to even be with that one breath, you know? So when the time comes that you are feeling a little anxious and, and off balance, you can bring yourself back to, to that present moment and just say, I'm here, mm -hmm. I'm breathing, you know? Yeah. Um, thinking about the old me <laughs> before my healing and spiritual awakening, um, you could never get me to sit down. I was just always going out, out, out. Um, you know, I, my brother said, do yoga. I'm like, I don't have time for that. Of course, you know, the person that doesn't have time for yoga is the person that probably needs it the most. But, um, and obviously as I've done my healing and recalled some past, uh, pretty traumatic experiences, I, um, you know, realized I had PTSD and it was important to heal that, to be able to sit with myself. Um, I couldn't mm -hmm. just do that. Um, have you experienced that or have any clients in addition to me that have? A lot of people say I can't sit. There's no way I can sit. There are just that. That's why I always bring it to back to one breath. And I was just, can you just be present with one breath? Can we just, let's just practice with one breath. You just take a deep inhale. Where do you feel it in your body? Pause for a moment. And just pay attention to that part of your body that you just felt it. Is it your heart? Is it your chest? Is it your throat? Is it your stomach? Is it your forehead? And just feel it. Mm. And just be with that for a moment. And does it have a texture? Is it heavy? Is it light? Does it have a color? You know, you just become present with the moment as I'm telling you this, I, I don't know if you followed this, but it's just suddenly you just become present with that. And you're not, you're not thinking about, oh, my trauma now, because you're just suddenly following the breath to see where it is. And then we expand from that, you know, it's just, maybe there is a little expansion in that. Maybe there is a little, you know, what, what can we do? Can we, can we expand that a little bit? 
Can we go to the second breath? And if you're like, no, I think this is good. Okay, we'll work with it another time. It's just relaxing into, it's no big deal. Like it's not, we make a big deal out of, you know, this, this is again, the stories around the stories. You know, we give it another story, which is, doesn't necessarily need to be here. It's just here to somehow protect us. <laughs> it's like, okay, what are you protecting me from? I'm here, I'm sitting. There's no danger in this sitting on this chair or being in front of this camera. There's no, no, no immediate danger here, right? But there is an anxiety in the background running the show. So, yeah. And what I love about that, it's not like, okay, I, you know, what's the, like, just sit down for 10 minutes and do that. It's like, no, we're just going to start with one breath. And when you're ready, and if you're ready, go to two, and then so on and so on. Yeah. That is beautiful. I'm Sappy. We're going to take a really brief break, and we'll be right back. So friends out there, hold on one minute. We'll see you in a few. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. And today, our guest is Seppi Tabai. Hi again, Seppi. Hello. Um, so one thing that I love to ask healers, um, are there any healing sessions that you've encountered with another healer that have really been profound to you that really have been transformational? Uh, well, I've had a lot of those <laughs> throughout the years. So it's hard to say it's like one, because literally every session, the way it evolves, like um, sometimes the session and then the client was asked like, huh, how did you know about that? I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> it showed up. You know, you, you're the one who was presenting it, bringing it. But one of the things that, um, one of the moments that was like kind of life-changing for myself, I, I noticed that for, for many, many years, um, I, I recognized this at one point in my life that I go through my life, you know, it's just day to day, I'm living, I'm, I'm going through my life, but I don't really fully feel myself 
I'm not, I'm here, I'm doing things, I'm going through life, but I'm not fully feel myself. So I did a personal session on that one. Like, like where, why am I not fully feeling myself? You know, it's like, if you are present, if you have, if I am done, I've done all these meditation work, it's like, why am I not being present all the time? Why am I not feeling myself? Like I, I just suddenly noticed like one day it's like, where did my day go? Like, where was I? Like, do we have like those moments? So I, the, the session that I did around that, it was like something that showed up and it's kind of personal and I share and, and my mom, hopefully she forgives me for sharing this, but what showed up in the session, which was out of the blue. And I was like something that I have not thought about it for years and years and years. And it showed up was that um, I just had a flashback of a memory that um, I was three years old and was, I was locked in a basement and um and the memory just started coming up. I was like, oh, it didn't happen only one time and it just happened a few times. And um, I started investigating that after the session, actually, like it just I connected with that young, young part. And I was like, okay, like I remember this, this is not, I'm not making this up. Right. And before going to my mom, I went to my oldest sister and I said, I have this memory showing up. Do you remember anything? She goes, oh yeah, as a matter of fact, I do remember. I remember coming home one day from school and finding you in the basement and I just grabbed you and I took you inside and I told mom, it's like, what did she do this time? And I was like, oh my gosh. So it's like, whatever I did, I don't recall what I did, but what does a three-year-old does? You know, it's like, literally, you just want to play, right? It's just, what do you do? Whatever I did and whatever was going on with my mom, who knows, was she was sick, could have been tired, tired, had a house to run, whatever she did, she just, and that moment, what she thought is like, okay, I need to make lunch or whatever. She's not letting me, I'm just gonna lock her in the basement till I get my stuff done. For her, it was just a moment. For me, I stayed frozen. Yeah. You know, that part of me felt really frozen in time. Like, I, and I felt like I must have been such a bad girl. I did something horrible. And what is a three-year-old can be can do that is so horrible, that's so awful, that feel frozen for all these years? And I'm always trying to make sure I'm not, you know, bothering anybody, make sure I'm not, you know, I'm not doing something that is triggering something in somebody else. So I'm always like in this tight space. So um, I, I I had to sit with that little, little girl, you know, I had to sit and it was just, it, it took, uh, it took a little bit of time for her and me to connect and for her to also trust to put her guards down and, and feel like, because we create this shell around ourselves. It's just when trauma happens, it's so painful that we don't want to, we don't want, I don't want to be in that basement ever again, you know, <laughs> or maybe it was cockroaches or whatever it was. I don't want to feel that experience ever again. So I'll do anything I can not to feel that again. So that's where the survival strategies come in. And if I feel numb, that's a survival strategy. If I was feeling numb going through my day and doing things, but not fully feeling myself, that was my survival part that was acting up. So, and, and sometimes I ask my clients, it's like, who do you want to be driving your car right now? That three-year-old? <laughs> 
So that's what we're doing. We're driving our cars every day, you know, running the show, running our lives every day with these all parts of us. But if we, you know, they get in touch, there are that parts that are like running the show. We just have to kind of, when we have the moment to get in touch with them, we can have them relax a little bit and just say, okay, I can, I can trust you are 53 years old. You're not three. And then we can, we can actually drive the car without, you know, feeling this tightness in us. Wow. And do you, so you're saying when you're with her, you don't need to relive through the experience. No, no. The experience, like I I talked about it is like, um, when I, when I see, you know, connect with her right now, she's, she's a lot more relaxed. She's actually, you know, can be playful in the background, you know, and kind of have a little giggle too. You know, she's not, she's opened up her grip from being, um, you know, in that tight shell, you know, and relaxing a little bit. So you actually, yeah. so, um, and I know last time we were speaking, you said when you're working with um, healing traumas, um, the person was stuck like in a fight or flight or frozen mode. Mm-hmm. So um, what happens when trauma happens, we go in fight, flight, and freeze mode. These are survival strategies. You know, and these are, you know, it's just, I get frozen, you know, in time. I, I just disassociate, I fly, you know, and um, fight, flight, or, or we're just gonna fight, you know, it's just angry, you know, there's an anger. And then around, you know, just this part of us that feels this way. And then there's this part of us that comes and it's like, okay, let me fix this. We're going to create all sorts of a scheme. So you don't feel, you know, these go to these estates anymore. You know, we don't, we don't want to feel, we don't want to feel that moment of trauma anymore. So I'm going to create so many different things. We become, uh, we create addiction. Um, you know, there's mm, different, uh, you know, anxieties that we run the show and goes, okay, I'm going to, we're going to become perfectionists. I'm going to, you know, make sure I do this this way. And if I do this within this structure, it's always going to work because, you know, I'm not going to experience that. So we, we, we try to control things in different ways. So that, uh, experience, the feeling of that experience doesn't, pop forward, you know, because that those feelings are, are painful, you know, it's, it's like, we don't, we don't want to feel like ashamed, embarrassed, you know, um, lack of ourselves, you know, and um, it's just the part of us that didn't feel connected, you know, feel, feel seen and loved. So mm-hmm. when, when we create all the schemes around that, we just miss out this part you know, and then we create another scheme and then we create another scheme. You know, we just, the shell sometimes gets really thick, <laughs> you yeah. know. So it sounds like it's better to start the work earlier than later because there are less like layers. Oh, to- absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So uh, when the younger ones, it's like, you don't have 50 years, you know, maybe you have six years of, you know, whatever has happened when you have 10 years of it, but the schemes become more, you know, our parts are smart, you know, that's a brilliant part of us. Let's, let's not forget that the survival strategies got us to today. They're good. They're not necessarily all bad things. They're all actually very brilliant, smart part of us that start playing, you know, a role 
to make us get here, we, we, we've, we've made it here. We haven't died, right? We've survived all this time. And thanks to those survival strategies, you know, they're, they're all not bad, you know, strategies. But it's just the problem is we don't need them anymore. Right. You know, we just they, 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 they have lost their time of use. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not three years old anymore. Let me go look at this survival strategy that I created, you know, through when I was three, when I was five. I was like, do I need them? You know, sometimes you have to double check even with yourself. Do I need them? Is it, does it come in handy for me? Is it working for me right now? Or am I, you know, sabotaging my relationship because this part of me is active right now, you know? So mm. that's, yeah, that's uh, one of the things that, you know, that makes pay sense. attention to. Okay. And the survival strategy, it sounds like um, the person kind of gets stuck like in a victim mode where life happens to us or us. Yeah. The, the victim part of us, uh, you know, it's, is the part that is like feels needs the protection all the time. Mm. You know, when I'm acting from this victim part of me and I might come to you and it's like, for me, you know, it's like I was three years old and this happened to me. And when I was 10 years old, this happened to me. It's like, when am I going to get a break? You know, and it, what happens to us is life. Life right. happens to us, you know, and, and we're here to experience life and um, numbing ourselves. It's not serving us at some point. So the victimhood is not going to serve us, you know, because when we are a victim, what does a victim does? Creates a perpetrator to create mm-hmm. that scenario again, you know, so it's, like well, a it's, it's, it's a self-sabotaging scheme. Yeah. You know, we mm-hmm. don't, we don't, we're not even conscious of it because consciously we don't want to hurt ourselves. Who wants to hurt themselves? We're just not even conscious of it. So we just, come up with so many different ways to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to save face and, and poor me, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want to go through this trauma again. But um, the moments that, that we have these opportunities that we have, that we can connect with this part of us is um, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a gift that we give ourselves. Um, yeah. We spend so much time outside of us. And we're not paying attention to the person closest to us. Who is closer to us? Who wakes up with us every morning? Who goes to bed with us at night? Mm. You know, who drags us through our day? Who do our, our chores for us? Who does our exercises? Who reads the book? You know, who makes the driving? Do get our grocery shopping? That person, yeah. you know. And then when we take a moment to just really connect and love that person and just take a moment and say, you're beautiful. You're enough. You know, we don't do that to ourselves. We, we try to take care of all the other parts outside of us. Mm. But when we come and say, oh, my gosh, you're amazing. You know, you did all of this thing and, you know, we made it through the day and it's beautiful. You just get to relax in your own skin for just even one breath, you know. Amazing. And acknowledging yourself. Just one breath. I love that. Well, you're saying just one breath, but we also shared, um, you shared with me that 
you have um, a minute or two uh, drop into the heart meditation. And I would love for you to um, walk us through that now. Sure. Okay. I would love that. Okay. So just take a moment and relax a little bit in your shoulder. Maybe take just a second to shake everything off. Like just shake, just shake your hands, shake your body and just release whatever you don't want right now in this moment and take a deeper inhale and maybe exhale twice as long. And inhale and exhale, relax the back of your tongue, relax your head, your shoulder. Feel your body wherever you're sitting. Is it touching your chair? Where does it touch your chair? Just be present with your body for a moment. And just bring your attention for a moment to the feeling of your heart. Your heart is breathing, pulsating. How does that feel for you? Just take a moment to be with your heart. Your heart is always pulsing, you know, pumping blood everywhere, taking the oxygen everywhere, all the cells. It just does it on its own. You don't have to even command it. It's beautifully working for you. Bring your breath to your heart. Feel your heart breathing. Maybe tell your heart, I love you. Thank you for all the work you're doing for me. I'm alive because of you. Just connect with your heart. Maybe expand that love that you brought to your heart. Expand it. Like imagine a light in your heart getting bigger and bigger and expand it. Expand it that it covers your whole body. And maybe the area outside of your body. Feel the energy expanding. Maybe we'll just take a moment to take this love that we felt in our heart and in our body and outside the area and send it out. Send it out to whoever may need a little love in this moment. No, cover your city, your state, covering the country, all the countries. And just feel our love expanding. Whoever needs this love, may they receive this love. And take a deeper inhale. And whenever you're ready, you can come back to the room. Come back to this planet. That was beautiful. <laughs> Hold on. That was just so beautiful. 
And it's funny because when you say expanding it to the world, um, it makes me think of when I was working with um, a little girl and she and I sh- asked her to show me the world with her hands. I'm like, do you want to do it like this or use your fingers? And she actually went like this and made it into a heart. And it was just the most beautiful thing. And you just reminded me like, gosh, if we could all just keep, not even keep, I know we have to go through trials and tribulations, but getting yeah. back, working our way back to that innocence of that child before yeah. before all this happened. It's so beautiful. Wow, Seth, yes. getting in touch with ourselves, And when you, it's like, and just to give our hearts, like thanking our hearts who I've never heard of that until today. And it's so beautiful. And just being grateful that there's this consciousness in our body that keeps our yes. hearts going and the blood pumping. So beautiful. yeah, they're, they're, Um, they're brilliant on their mm -hmm. own without us saying anything. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. So do you have a physical office or do you usually work with clients um, virtually? It's all on zoom. So not a physical office at this moment, but everything works on zoom also. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, thanks to COVID, actually some good yeah. some silver linings. I, it's amazing yeah. because now you can reach people all over the world and that you could help them. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so if you could share with us your website and social media, and we'll also put mm-hmm. it in the um, in the show information if somebody doesn't catch it. It's a, it's simple. It's my first name, last name at, you know, um, so www.sepitabai.com, you know, my um um, social media is on, on same thing, Sepitabai also. So you can find me um, in those places. And, and it's beautiful because what some people think is so simple, others don't. For example, yeah. um, your name. So I will just share yeah. Sepi is S-E-P-I and Tabai is T-A-B-A-I. Yes. Wonderful. And what's the best way to people for people to get in touch with you to schedule these magical transformative sessions? Yeah, they can reach me on my website. They can reach me on um, social media. Website is probably the best because it, I get a direct uh, message from them and they can find me there, all the information. Yeah. Beautiful. So. Well, Seppi, and to all of our watchers and listeners out there, as Piggy Bear would say, you are amazing. <laughs> so are you (laughs) thank you for joining us for this episode of let's talk wellness this podcast has been brought to you by the hugs for life healing center a division of the extraordinary lives foundation a 501c3 nonprofit organization if you would like to listen to more conversations like this we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.